Man, it is, it is really good to be together. This is the last Sunday in 2020, so thank you, Jesus, we're here. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, that, uh, man, that we're able to do what we're doing. And I was just thinking, too, like, um, not, not to embarrass, I've got my, my brothers here and his wife for the first time and my sister and brother-in-law, um, and then with Kevin. So Kevin and I married sisters, so if... Uh, uh, Kevin and Mary went to Met and everything, and Kevin is a pilot for JetBlue, um, and they live in Minneapolis. But one of the things that just struck me, because a lot of what we're talking about today is mission and looking at 2021 and being equipped for what the Lord has for us in 2021. Um, but And this isn't to embarrass Kevin, but I think it's to hopefully inspire and encourage all of us is um, Kevin, we have a few of us who have committed on Thursdays that throughout all of 2020 that we would fast on Thursdays and just spend the day praying for the church. And whenever we would hunger, we would, we would great, more greatly hunger for God's work in our community, for people that we grew up with, desiring that they would feel the joy in Jesus and be set free in Jesus like we have. And, you know, to inspire all of us is like that God calls all of us in different ways for how we're going to reach Collins Maxwell, Colonesco, Baxter, State Center, wherever the Lord would call us to be a part in rural central Iowa to reaching. But, you know, what's one thing that's encouraged me is that Kevin is a part of that group that fasts. <laughs> so as he's a pilot for JetBlue flying all around the country on Thursdays, his heart and his prayers are for this area. And that's a part of the mission that God's called him to be a part of here and having his brother be the drummer and, and having them do a prayer and announcements on the same day. I don't think we planned that on purpose, but is really cool. But I hope that just encourages all of us, though, that God is going to call all of us to radically be a part of this. And, and yes, because Kevin grew up here and, and we were looking at pictures from 1995 when we were on the track team together for CMB. And, and we both agreed that I think we look better now than we did then, even though we're in our 40s now. Um, but, um, but mission is really what our heart is today. And being grateful that the Lord has sustained us through all of 2020. Um, and without a doubt, everybody can agree that this time last year, we had no clue what was on the horizon. Even if we think we had an idea, I could just like, I, I strongly disagree with you if you think you had any idea what was on the horizon this time last year. And I went back and I actually remember, I actually said that statement uh, in a sermon on this time last year saying, we don't know what 2020 is going to bring. And I was like, I'm sorry I jinxed us. I shouldn't have said that. So that's, that's on me. But what's true, though, too, is none of us can know what 2021 is going to bring. And in light of all that we've experienced, like, is there a way for us together to keep doing what God has called each of us to do? Um, like, if the Lord let it be known to us that he's just getting started with how he is on the move here, how he's shaking things up here, like, would we want to go home and take a nap? Or is there a way that the Lord could energize us to actually get ready to go for it in 2021 as he pursues us, transforms us, and pursues and transforms our community? And as just praying through this and, and also praying through, Lord, would the wounds of 2020 heal in 2021 as well? Like, how would you heal 
conflict that has caused wounds that are maybe still open? Like, how would you heal that? And uh, Joshua 1 just kept coming to the surface for me as being the word today as we gather online and here of like, here is how I am going to equip you today for whatever may come in 2021. Now, it's going to be important next week, I think, as we come together and start walking through the book of John together, which will be our fourth book of the Bible that we've walked through verse by verse since we launched. And just a pure logistical thing, all of the brown brick in here that many of you are like, that was there in 1960 or something, all of that brown brick is being painted uh, next week. So this, this is all going to be white uh, br- brick and stuff. It'll feel a lot more like the high school in Maxwell. So next Sunday, we can't be in here. So what the plan is next Sunday, it, as we kick off the book of John, is that we're going to have the adults go back to the cafeteria. And I think we can safely set a, a solid 90 chairs in there. And then what we're going to do is the schools agreed for one week to let us go back into all the classrooms. So next Sunday, we'll instantly go back. In, we'll have all the kids, as soon as they come in, go into kids' church uh, who are elementary age and below. And then we'll have the adults go in the, the cafeteria. And then on the 10th, we'll be back in the new and improved gym. And then we'll have the kids back in here worshiping with us. And then we'll send the kids after worship into kids' church. So that'll be the plan for next week. But uh, Joshua 1, so if you, if you haven't found Joshua 1 already, we'll have the words up here. We have Bibles over there. Feel free to grab one and just have that be your Bible uh, that you can take with you. Feel free to take notes in there if the, as the Holy Spirit's revealing things to you through this word. But... Joshua 1, let's just set the scene for what is happening in Joshua 1. If you're familiar with the history of your Bible, or if you're not familiar, or if you're a little rusty, where Joshua 1 happens is that God's people had been through so much in a short amount of time. If you interview anyone in Joshua 1 and you're like, has your life changed very much over the last many years, they would laugh hard. Their life had changed a lot. Their world was turned upside down in a short amount of time. And they go from being slaves in Egypt. They they were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years, and now they're totally free, and they have a promise and the promise is a land that will be theirs, but for, for right now, they are a whole people group with nowhere to call home. They're on the move, um, and they've seen the plagues of, of Israel happen, or the plagues of Egypt uh, happen. Uh, Moses was the one that was leading all of that. They've crossed through the Red Sea. People estimate that there's probably about a million-plus people who are in community together, who have seen God do miraculous things, go through the Red Sea. God provided manna for them, which is a form of bread that was just provided by the hand of God for them to to have them survive through all of this. And then they've been sheltered with this cloud by day because it's sweltering heat in the desert in that area. We're talking like areas of of Egypt and things like that. It's hot, so there's there's a... a cloud by day, and then there's a pillar of fire at night that's warming everything around them. So they're given Joshua 1, and here's the point of Joshua 1, is we're still doing this thing, 
and we're going to keep moving, and we're going to keep doing what God is leading us into. And so Joshua 1, let's go starting at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. It, it might seem like obvious just reading those two verses, but I think it's important for us to point out uh, this kind of first point, if you're taking notes, that God continually prepares his people for his mission. God continually prepares his people for his mission. Because after, I mean, reading everything that God did through the life of Moses, I think everyone could have sat back and simply been in awe. And, and maybe everyone thought that since God had, did, had done just so much in that time during the leadership of Moses, like maybe that's the most we've ever seen God do. Maybe like the way that God showed off through that time period, it's like maybe he used all of his best tricks or maybe he did all of his most powerful things and maybe now um, we're just going to spend the rest of our lives talking about it. Maybe now we're just going to spend the rest of our lives reflecting on remember that period when God was on the move and did huge things? Wasn't that awesome? All right, you know, like let's go play cribbage or something, you know, and just like keep talking about it. Like, uh, and maybe though too, it's like for us coming through 2020, I think we could think the same thing. It'd be like, man, we really got after it in 2020. Like when the derecho hit and we formed work teams and people were caring for people and then things that happened in our community and people coming to Jesus, like we're going to spend the rest of our lives talking about 2020 and just kind of retire from here. Maybe that's the most we've seen God work in 2020. Maybe I'm just too tired. Maybe I'm too worn out. Maybe we'll just fade into the background from here. And what we see in just the first two verses, after the death of Moses, one of the most well-known people in all of history, I mean, when, you, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, it's Elijah and Moses that are talking with him. So Moses is dead, and God doesn't stop his mission. And I find that really encouraging. He's not negative towards Moses. Uh, I mean, he's the things that he does in Moses, even through the time of Jesus. But what I love is he goes straight to the next part of his plan. He goes straight to the next part of his mission. Here's what I want you to do now. 2020 is coming to an end. Okay, get ready for 2021. We're just getting started. God is continually preparing his people for his mission. He doesn't have to be like, oh gosh, I got to go on a retreat and figure out what we're going to do with this planet Earth thing. Give me three months, start praying to me again, and I'll maybe have some clarity on where we should go. He knows where we should go right now into 2021. He can see into 2021. He knows our hearts. He knows what's good for us. He knows what will bring us alive, and he's continually preparing his people for his mission. He was doing it then. He's doing it now. Now check out verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you. 
Man, that's like the dream of somebody for like Bass Pro Shops or something. Wherever you walk down every aisle, it's yours, you know? And it's like, what? This is what the way that he is speaking to them. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Look how he does it. Just as I promised to Moses, I've given this to you. Because the common theme is him, the powerful one. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I think there's a, a massive concept here, I think, that, that he tells to his people and he tells it to us. The second point is that God's mission is victorious. Like he is always preparing his people for his mission, and his mission is victorious. And I just thought, like, imagine if, if us, Sacred Mission Church, if we had that same guarantee, like an email comes through the website, and it's just like, hey, totally victorious. Every place that you guys think to go into, the, the just some tragedy of Matthews in our community, as you wade into that, the light will shine in dark places, and people will be changed, and that will be beautiful, and on and on. And as you guys start celebrate recovery, we will see marriages, we'll see addictions broken, we'll see, we'll see deep wounds healed, and, and you are part of what he is leading, which is a victorious mission. Now, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, if you didn't hear, I just said this like 10 words ago. I'm going to say it again, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Like you really should, I think, I think we all should be like, what? Huh? Like, it, it feels weird. Those two verses feel weird that twice he's told them to be strong and courageous. And then he added the second time, be strong and very courageous. So it looks like we got like some maybe serious snow coming like Tuesday, Wednesday. And man, this afternoon, like imagine if I told my kids this afternoon, which this is not going to happen, but let's just imagine I tell my kids this, that it's like, hey, I just online just bought like crazy fun snow stuff from Shields. Like I, I got the really cool new boards, like, like the sled and the boards. And they've got the really cool gloves. And I got one of those for each of us. And like the, the prime goggles that make you look like you're in the Olympics, you know. I, I ordered one of those for everybody. And it's at Shields. It's paid for. All you have to do is go to West Des Moines and pick it up. It's all you have to do. And, you know, they would just be like, okay. And then I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, be strong and courageous. Hey, I want to make sure you really hear me here. Be strong and very courageous. Like, I feel like it's like, what's going to happen? Like, for you to tell me that, like, what's going to happen it seems out of place that he has just promised victory. He's just promised victory 
And now what he's saying is be courageous and be really strong as you are in this. Verses 7 and 8 give some practical instructions on the how to be strong and courageous. Look at verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Joshua is not a priest. Joshua is not a prophet. He's not the preacher. He's not the pastor. Joshua is, is leading these people in really military ways, predominantly. Um, and here God is saying, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That should be what you're saying. But you shall meditate on it your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I think if we stick with like my kids picking up their sledding equipment from Shields, it'd be like now I give each of them a little booklet and I'm like, okay guys, as you guys are in the van going to Shields, Here's a booklet for you. Uh, when you're in the car, I want you to read this. And don't just read it once, but read it like nonstop as you're going to Jordan Creek Mall because you're going to need every word of this to get what I have victoriously got for you. you then you'll be able to get there. Then you'll have good success and your hearts will be in a good place. And I think a third big picture from this passage is that God cares about us as the mission is underway. You see, like, his heart towards us here is it's not like, hey, you guys are, are like, dispensable. So, like, as you're going, like, if we lose half of you on the way or you're totally freaked out or, or you know, it just feels too hard, you need to quit or whatever, like, you know, I'm kind of cool with that because I would just take the objective over the people. And what I love here is he's like, no, I desperately care about each one of you. I care about the hearts of each one of you as the mission is underway. With the Shields example, like my kids would certainly know that something is going to happen between here and the guarantee of Shields and that I care about their thoughts, I care about their feelings, I care about their actions during the trip. And like that is for us the trip of 2020. <laughs> and as we look into like the trip of 2021, he doesn't cancel his mission because he cares about us. He keeps his mission because he loves us. And, and as he loves us, and he loves us as those who are loving those around us as well. In the middle of the mission, he cares about us. And, and why, like, why all of this? And reading Joshua, Joshua is going to be asked to lead people into a mission that is crazy. Just like, let's say it how it is. Like, Joshua is going to lead people into a mission that is crazy without God. 
you, you think you can do that? It's like, yeah, I know. There's no way I could do that without God. So it's crazy without God, but it's life-changing with him. Here's, here's, here's what God calls Joshua to do. Like, this is their mission for 2021 uh, when they were in Joshua chapter 1. The first thing he asked Joshua to do, if you keep reading this book, is take a million people. Hey, guys, can you all hear me? Okay, here's the mission. We're going to go that way. Well, between here and there was a flooded Jordan River. Jordan River at flood stage. And... (laughs) You just think, God, like God tells Joshua that, like, leave the people there. Clear? Okay, good. We communicated good. He doesn't tell them how. If you read carefully, there's no how. So, you know, people, I think, could come up and be like, hey, um, <laughs> that, um, God can, how are we going to do this? Just a FYI, we're all engineers here. We're just interested how you're going to, you know, have us go across. And Joshua's answer would have to be, I don't know. Which, that, man, that's a hard answer for someone who's following in the footsteps of Moses and is now leading people through a flood stage river. Um, I don't know. Uh, can we get Moses back? Like with that, you know, like he had to say, I don't know. And then I'm sure parents came up and it's like, we have many, many, probably hundreds of thousands of kids. Are you aware of that? And you want us to go that way, right? Um, are we not supposed to be safe with our kids? You know, like, I mean, I'm sure he was navigating all of this. And he was like, hey, I think God told us to go that way. And what they did was they actually put their, it wasn't until they put their feet in the water. If you read carefully, I mean, they're getting that close. They're like, you know, imagine being back here, be like, um, okay, flooded river. Okay, um, here, my feet are starting to get wet. And then that's when God did what he did and actually parted the water. And not just like, he doesn't do it halfway. It says they actually walked on dry ground going all the way across. Then the second thing, that's like the first thing. Like if you're writing a weekly report, like, hey, this is, what we, this is part one of what our week looked like was we walked through this. And then the second thing that God's asked him, God asked him to do, and archaeology has shown that Jericho had over six feet thick walls that surrounded the entire city. Remember, these people have been in the desert. Like, they don't have, like, weapons of war that they're just dragging just in case along with them. They are just surviving. And he says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just march around the city, like the outside, the exterior. We're not hiding. We're not, like, ambushing anybody. Just walk walk around the city over a dozen times and then just yell. And man, victory is in the bag. Like, just see what happens. And uh, once again, hey, military commanders, here is what I think we should do. Um, Corey is is not a fan of that as a lieutenant colonel. And um, but they do it, and that's what happens. Both of those things would freak any of us out, especially if we're trying to follow in Moses' footsteps. I think both of those things would have us question ourselves. I'm sure insecurity would be full in many of our hearts if we were in that place. Um, maybe afraid that we're being too radical. Uh, probably afraid that we're being too risky in our endeavor to, to do these things. 
And here, I think, is the unmistakable thing, is what God had previously set in place is tell, tell Joshua, be in this as much as you possibly can. Be learning from me as much as possible. So when he says, hey, I want you to walk into that river at flood stage, it's like, that sounds like you. That sounds like something you would ask me to do. That I, man, uh, God, oh, look, you did something like that. Oh, wow, and look how you were with them. Look how you walked with them. Look how you were kind to them. Oh, wow, you're even with them there. Look at that. This seems like, oh, you're wanting us to walk around and scream. Oh, gosh, this is you, and I'm following you, and you got this. And that is not just, he wasn't just doing that for him. Like, that is what he's doing for us, like, right now. And he is calling us, it might not seem like it, but his heart and character, he is calling us to that radical of engagement in our community. We're probably not going to be walking through any flooded rivers. Maybe we will. Who knows what floods might come in 2021. But he is calling us to that aspect of radicalness, not because it's like, well, yeah, the environments look similar. It's because the God is similar. Our God is similar. And he is similarly on the move here as he was there. And um, man, oh gosh, preaching hard, man. Things are falling down. <laughs> oh, look at verse nine again. Beauty of verse nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. And this is the ultimate climax of anything you could dream of for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go fourth crucial point for this is God is with us as the mission is underway and I've we've we've said this for a year and a half now like that's why we named the church sacred mission church it wasn't because we we just kind of came up with an idea of what should define us it's a name that defines him and what he is doing here, and he is on a sacred mission for the people of rural central Iowa, and we get to join him as he is on the ground leading the mission. Joshua is not left to go off on a dangerous mission with God far away and untouched. The Lord is actually in the mix. He is with us. Joshua still had to meditate on scripture, be strong and courageous, but was to be able to hang with him as he is on the ground here. And man, I feel that so much for us. And Joshua, you can tell, developed a lifestyle of meditating on his word to hang with him on the ground as he was on the move. And as we head into 2021, it's a must. Like not just for me or Christy or, or Bryce, or it, it's a must for every single one of us as God is going to transform each of us as we are a part of his church for his glory. And some of Jesus' last words to us, it's like, hey, this is in the book of Joshua. That was written a really long time ago. Well, some of the very last words of Jesus to us is actually a stunningly like parallel Joshua 1 and Matthew 28 at the very end have a lot of parable statements in it. 
It tells about how victorious he is. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. It tells about that. Um, it, it tells us that, um, that he's giving us a major mission, go into all the world and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember, he says, and I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so, so Joshua had like an amazing promise that was given to him, but greater things are promised to us. Those of us who are on the move with him on mission this side of his victorious conquering of death. This side of him being alive and all who trust in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And so I think as we like wrap up this morning, a big question I think for each of us is, uh, and I think it'd be good to ask your spouse, ask friends, ask mentors, but like what do I think right now my Jordan River is? Like, what is my Jordan River at the end of 2020? What's the thing that's like, this is crazy if God is not the one empowering this next step? And I have no chance here if God is not empowering this next step. But if he is empowering the next step, this is going to change everything. If he's empowering that next step, this is going to change me and transform me and maybe transform my family. Like, what is your Jordan River right now? Uh, for some, it might be giving your life to Jesus. Um, I, I, I told Ryan Jones I'm not going to mention him in every sermon, but I think this is like four in a row that I just decided to mention him again. But, um, but he's given me permission here that one of the things that he said for a year and a half of him coming was that he felt like that step was such a gigantic step that there's no way he could take it. He wanted to take it, but it'd be like saying, do you want to be at the top of Mount Everest? And it's like, yeah, of course I want to be at the top of Mount Everest. Are you ready to start going? He'd be like, no, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I want to, but I, don't, I think it's too big of a step. And he prayed and asked God, uh, which was uh, just if he's real, and if that step is real, and if that step of giving his life to Jesus would actually result in eternal life, forgiveness of his sins. And God made it unmistakably clear that it was. And the morning, Sunday morning that he came up and started sharing with everybody, including his wife, that he'd given his life to Jesus, even that morning, he was telling people, I couldn't believe how easy that step was. I thought it was going to be the hardest thing in the world. And it was like, yeah, it was really hard for Jesus to make it possible to take that step. But for you, it was a step in a well-lit path, and he empowered you to take that step and give his life to him. And so, so, so for some, it's giving your life to Jesus or maybe asking him. Maybe just it's, it's just praying for the first time to God, asking if this is real and if you are pursuing me. For some, it's getting baptized. It's actually like I, I have been really passionately following Jesus, but I'm, I'm not ready to let the world know it. And, and it might be stepping into baptism, being like, I want, no matter what the repercussions for my job, my family, I want the world to know that he has changed me and saved me. Um, I think for some, a giant step at the end of 2020 um, is admitting you need help. Like, you know, we're really good at getting skid loaders and like busting out derecho, you know, all that stuff. But I think the Lord won't miss 
our transformation by having it be a solo thing. He wants us to be changed in each other's midst so that that will sharpen each one of us and maybe be like, hey, I know you might think that I like am killing it everywhere because, I mean, I'm good at Instagram, you know, and it's good you're good at Instagram, um, but it's also, I think, good for all of us to say like, hey, I, I'm, I'm also like a hot mess coming out of 2020, and I have a lot of healing that needs to happen in my life in 2021, and uh, man, I'm, I'm sure you're now going to walk away from me, and to like risk that and be like, oh, wow, people are actually coming towards me in a, in a really healing way. And, uh, and this is what I've been missing. Um, and some might just be trusting God for your future. Just being like, you know, like, we maybe have a death grip on life right now after 2020, and it might be time to like loosen our hands on the steering wheel and to actually let him direct all of this. So, so what's your Jordan River right now? And then secondly is, um, are you willing to do the work to hang with him on this mission? Now, this isn't where like now it's all about us holding on. <laughs> or like, okay, now I got to really try really hard and buckle down. No, uh, that, that is dead religion of us trying really hard to do the things that we feel like God has called us to do. What well, walking in the freedom of Jesus is saying, okay, Jesus, I'm all in. Uh, you're gonna have to give me a ton of strength to keep even feeling this. Like keep having me want to be all in, but I want to tell you at this time, I am all in with what you have for me in 2021 and whatever that takes. Because he told, Joshua actually had to pick this up and actually look, you know, there's like things that he had to do to do what God was calling him to do. Um, and he was hopefully doing it in his power. So it's like for us, as he shows us the Jordan River, are, am I willing like, can I say yes and amen right now to the work that it would take for him to do his mission in and through me? And uh, man, and I think that's a prayer. That's an ongoing prayer. That's sharing that with each other and being like, hey, here are things I think God has given me clarity on, on what me walking with him looks like in 2021. And I, I just want to give four major, uh, some of us have been working on this for weeks, but four major ways that I think we can intentionally grow in our strength and courage in 2021. So it's like, man, we don't know what's going to come, but there are ways we can lay like a foundation to really be strengthened in 2021. And so one, and this might sound really silly, but one is gathering on Sundays. It is way, I think, I think we downplay the significance on gathering on Sundays. And, and this is not a hit to, uh, I, I am talking about physical, physical gathering, and it's been a major blessing for us to have online gathering too. And, and we have many people in the church who are all in and are doing that online. My hope and prayer for us is that we would find a way in 2021, hopefully even in the first quarter of 2021, to all be gathered together. It might even change a little bit of what it looks right now to hopefully get our church in here, but for us to, to make this such a priority that like Joshua couldn't fill this out by Zoom. <laughs> There's no way Joshua could live that out if they were all on Zoom. And I don't think we can live out some of these things that God is calling us to do without being in the flesh with each other. You know, Jesus didn't just send us messages from heaven. He actually moved next door and did life up close. And so we want to be smart, but in 2021, our Sunday gatherings 
and, and really fighting for each other for that to be something that we can do, I think will lay such a foundation for us to be able to be strong and courageous for what God is calling us to. Sunday gatherings. Our next one is weekly community groups. Man, it's like there's sports going on all over the place. There's things going on all over the place. But what a community group is basically a group of people who say, okay, for this amount of weeks, on this night, what my priority is, is to be with other believers, to sharpen each other, to laugh together, to pray together, to get into each other's lives more closely so that we all can be strengthened and hopefully each of us can, can more carry out the mission of God than we could if we were just coming on Sunday gatherings and, and going home. And, and man, like we want to make those work. And so even if, it may, if you're like, hey, I'm committed to that and I drive a semi and there's no chance I can make it because I'm always gone in the evenings. It's like, okay, if 10 people walk up and say the same thing or five people walk up and say thing, say be like, okay, let's do a lunchtime or let's do a 4 a.m. community group. Like those things could happen if we are committed to say this must happen for me to do the things that God has called me to do. So Sunday gatherings, weekly community groups. So next week, we're gonna have a bunch of information about all of our groups and we'll have that coming up. And if, if, if everybody's jumping in, I think we have a couple of groups now that, that border on 30 people, if everybody's there. So it might be time even to say, hey, maybe it's time for me to lead a group or maybe it's time for me to co-lead a group or uh, we might have to form new groups in the next just couple of weeks for our commitment to intentionally step into these things that God is calling us into in 2021. The third one of four, so Sunday gatherings, weekly community groups, and then we are having, having monthly gatherings, and we have every date on the calendar. We'll start putting them in Happenings email. Uh, sign up on the Connect if, we're, if we don't have the right email or email change or you haven't signed up, but we're going to start sending out probably this week the whole year of dates, and what we're going to do this year, so the women killed it last year, meeting almost every month as a ladies gathering. And what we're gonna do is have the ladies be every other month and have the guys be the, the other month, if that makes sense. So, so we have a date in January where the men of the church are gonna to get together. We have a date in February where the women of the church are gonna to get together. And that's just gonna be an incredible time for us to sharpen each other. We'll do some fun things, we'll do some outreach things, but the goal is for us to lock arms together and to be able to be a band of brothers on mission in our community and be a sisterhood on mission in our community. So that'll, we already have the dates from January through December uh, for us to, to make that a priority, hopefully move some things around with our schedules to be able to make that happen. And then the fourth thing, and this sounds like a lot, but remember, it's not like every single moment we're meditating on scripture. I think these are very intentional things for us to say. And this fourth one I'd say is probably the most, in my mind, optional for people who really feel like, yes, I right now, knowing my background, knowing where God is calling me to, I am, I need to do this. And these are intensive studies. So you might not know this, but there's a group of ladies, is it 5 a.m.? 5.30. Five, all the ladies who are part of it, like 5.30. <laughs> uh, but there are a group of ladies right now that 5.30 a.m. on Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, get together and memorize scripture together um, and study really in-depthly. They just finished studying through the book of Revelation. Finished, right? Studying through the book of Revelation really in-depthly. And, uh, and that's not exclusive. That's not like, well, you could be a part of that, but you weren't invited, you know? No, like, you are a part of that if you want to be a part of that. And we'll even form additional groups to have it. They have, like, a specific size. Um, and so that's called D-groups. 
But then there, uh, my mom is actually already committed to lead a, more of a Bible study that is either lunch or afternoon. Like it'd be kind of like, like after school is over, but before dinner type groups. And so, so uh, ladies groups and then the men are also going to start intensive study groups where we'll go through books of the Bible. We might have like a book study where it's like, hey, this feels really timely for where we're at. And God has given this person a lot of insight in scripture in this topic. And we'll go through this study. So next Sunday too, we'll start having details where you can sign up and we can start uh, diving into that. And it, it might work out where it's like a married couple. It's like, hey, you do this intensive study for this season and I'll get the kids ready. Uh, then next you know, the next iteration, uh, you know, vice versa, or we're going to put them on days of the week where men and women could do both of them, like Tuesday and Thursday morning or something like that. And so, so those are four major ways that I would just encourage you to be praying about that right now. Like we don't want to burn ourselves out, but we want to be in scripture together at such a level that if he asks us to walk into a flooded river together, shoulder to shoulder, we're like, okay, like, we are like, I don't have to stop and catch my breath. I have to stop and catch his breath. And we're catching his breath together by doing some of these things together. So next week, we'll have clear dates on that. But uh, Lord, as we wrap up this time to you, my, my heart is just, um, Lord, not wanting us to talk about you, my heart is for us to actually commune with you, to hear your voice, to feel you directing our hearts. Maybe, Lord, what you need to do today and what we need is to feel your peace as Prince of Peace ruling our hearts. Lord, would you change us? Would you heal us? Would you save us? Would you be the absolute center of this church? Lord, we commit 2021 to you. What you want each of us to be transformed into, if we aren't saying yes to that, I think we want to say yes to that. And Lord, would you disciple us into saying yes to that? We don't want to come and play church. We want to together meet with you and go from here with you. Lord, we, we look to you. Would all of this be a sweet aroma to you as we live the way that you've designed us to live for your glory? We pray these things. Amen. Amen. This was his idea, communion. His idea, I'm going to give you a tangible way to commune with me. The warnings in Scripture to coming to the table are to Christians who are called to not come too quickly to the table. Have the Lord search our hearts. If the Lord shows things to repent of, repent of those things. And please come to the table. For those who are not followers of Jesus, um, I would encourage you, instead of coming to the table, come to Jesus. Give your life to him, then come to the table. Uh, the way that we'll do this is we have a cup within a cup, and there's the bread underneath. So just grab one. We have wine or juice. Obey your conscience there. And we'll come. 
go back to our seats. We'll stay standing and we'll take it together as family. So let's respond. Let's do business with him. And then let's, uh, let's come to him.